the field, people will come. And it doesn't happen. You have to look at how you're doing business. Welcome to White Sox Business, the only podcast about Chicago's Southside baseball team, hosted by me, John Greenberg, and more importantly, James Fegan. James, the clock is a ticking, and the White Sox season begins in one week. Exhibition season starts this week. It's like we're in a helicopter approaching itchy and scratchy land where nothing can possibly go wrong. Is that how you feel right now? Uh, yeah, and a bit that I was so surprised by the imminence of the season starting that uh, you know, <laughs> I didn't realize that maybe my activating idea of, James Fegan's microphone because he can't remember to do it on his own. Let's drive to O'Fallon, Missouri to watch Jake Berger play might. <laughs> Take me away from like the season opener, right? Yeah, you were very. That's uh, that's some inside baseball here, some uh, inside slack where James and I were talking about visiting visiting uh, good old Jake Berger in his uh, men's softball league or whatever he's playing in. Uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to Jake Berger. I know you're all very excited, but I want to tease. That's a radio tease. We'll get clearly. To I'm overexcited. <laughs> I, I we'll talk about my my proposal uh, for James's road trip as well, but first. Let's go to Dallas's Keuchel, Dallas Keuchel's, Dallas's Keuchel, Dallas Keuchel's <laughs> theory of a young team, which he unveiled yesterday in a Zoom call, and that he thinks a young team with talent like the White Sox is either going to be really, really good or really, really bad. And his reasoning, when we got him to expound on that more, is that a veteran team might just kind of be mediocre and might not get the immediacy of things because they're used to perhaps, you know, a normal season, but he thinks a young team is going to have more variance. And really the interesting part about to me is that you usually don't see a major league baseball player or any athlete these days give the possibility allowed that their team's going to be really bad, right? It's never, I've never usually don't hear that, that like, oh yeah, there's a possibility we might really stink. What do you think of Dallas Keuchel's theory, James? And do you understand it a little more? Now that I, now I've explained it. Uh, I mean, my first thought is that nobody knows what a 60 game season is going to look like. So it's all just kind of pulled out of uh, our rear ends a little bit <laughs> as far as any reason or expectation. Though right. so it does closely mirror what Yasmani Grandal had said literally like a day before when they asked him basically. Uh, and the, the perfect thing is with Yasmani and the way he talks, you don't realize that he's told the joke until two seconds after he's done talking. Um, is that they asked him, like, how are you going to guide this young pitching staff? Are they going to transition quickly? Or how do you get them into playoff mode, as you talk about, since the season, every game is so high leveraging. It's just like, well, it's going to be really good or it's going to be really bad. <laughs> There's not really a gray area. <laughs> like, they'll either hit the ground running or they won't, and they'll get crushed. So it's apparently at least widely held. I guess, like, second to have, having two veterans saying it, it's, it's, it's at least been uh, put to a vote uh, rather than just one guy talking. But I, I, I don't know if we like I I don't think there's any real like tested well, metric to this this holding true. <laughs> it's just the right. thing we're saying. Right. That's why I liked it because he I was watching him on the call and he kind of had this look in his eye like he's actually put some thought into it. And yet it's really just from the school of, hey, I'm just going to throw this out there. <laughs> and like it's kind of funny, too, because, you know, we're firmly in the era era, you know, 15 years in of having these of the analytics versus the gut. And if you look at all the projections from fan graphs or Pakoda, 
basically every team's like, you know, every decent team's predicted to win between like 33 and 30 games. Cause it's just like no one, you know, there's no way to, to judge it. It's like going to be a, every you know, division feels like it's going to be separated by just a couple games. Cause there just aren't enough games to cause a separation, you know, for most teams. So it is kind of funny that that's, you know, the players are just like grasping onto this, like, wow, this could get really good or really bad. I but mean, the theoretically, more- the computer could be spitting out results of 45 wins, 21 wins, like every other sim for 500 times. And then it just says like, oh, yeah, 33. And <laughs> that's the final result. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so, so maybe they're right. Maybe we should trust the players' guts. They're all admitting they don't know what they're talking about, too. So. Yeah, they got to talk every day. <laughs> right, it's like it's like right, it's like we could either talk about the state of the world and maybe hear these guys, you know, either stark scared normal views on society or maybe possibly they're like reactionary weird, you know, Facebook medicine type views cuz I'm sure a lot of players have those too, right? They have like Facebook. you know there's some you know there's some players itching to tell you that they think this is a government conspiracy. Like somewhere now, there's got to be a few players on every team, right? You know, at least. Not, <laughs> not like entire bullpens. <laughs> I'm always kind of pleasantly surprised when guys are just like, yeah, this is really serious. We should take this seriously and listen to people. Uh, yeah, it's it's not where they naturally incline to. But, <laughs> you know, there so, is media training and spring training. <laughs> <laughs> so Dallas Keuchel's theory. I don't know. What do you, I, I will say this. The one thing I put in my story and I wrote – as James made fun of me on on Twitter for is uh, my breathless uh, column on Luis Robert yesterday because I need something to write about. Um, is you know it is sixty games and they open up against the Twins who are you know the numbers and the gut will tell you is their main is going you know is projected to be the best team in the Central. So the opening series actually pretty important <laughs> if you go by the numbers. Like this isn't time to just get your feet wet. They they actually you know. Taking two out of three would give them a nice, you know, it's good. It's it, it's more meaningful than it would otherwise be otherwise. I mean, I'm making fun of you, but uh, like it also is makes sense. Like I'm the person whose eyes have glazed over to Luis Robert, whereas like if someone who actually is showing up for the ballpark and watching them play this team play for the first time in a week or even a month, when they probably. I think the sane and logical thing to point out would be like, oh, hey, the, the Under Armour mannequin is playing center field. That seems noteworthy. <laughs> so I, 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 think and, it was, and it, I think it was a logical reaction. Well, and like I was thinking about it yesterday, like, you know, maybe I've seen him in like a spring training game on TV. I went to, you know, a game or two last year, maybe he played. But I don't, honestly, I don't remember that. I don't, I think I would have. But this is definitely the first, you know, I felt like this is the first time I've actually seen him play, you know, besides like Twitter clips, you know, and reading your stories. Like, I'm like, holy cow, like when this guy like just sends a fly ball to center field, like, you know, it's like a cannon. He, he's incredible. And I, I do think, you know, my, you know, my column idea is like, this is a season where people aren't going to get to see him play in person, most likely. So like watching this guy on TV, his at bats are going to become like must, you know, as close to must see TV as the White Sox have had, you know, in recent years. I would say it probably reminds me a little bit of uh, when Jose Abreu first arrived, and especially since that team was not good and openly rebuilding. That was like the one if you're going to half watch the game, you know, you know, stick your head up every 45 minutes to see when Jose Abreu is going to step in because you could see something really like kind of crazy. So I would think that at least with the anticipation around Luis Robert, 
that would be part of it. But I would I would say that him kind of like prowling after balls in center, in center field would probably be part of the entertainment as well. Something I thought about when watching Luis Robert, because um, I like Birmingham Barons team he played on last year, was pretty consistently under 500. And it just struck me as like, this is watching him play with that team kind of struck me as saying like, this is how little or how limited one stud player can be to the fate of an entire game in baseball. Um, Cause everything he did on that team, every at bat he had was just like dominant. He probably went like three for four with a double and a triple. He made like a couple of crazy plays in center field. He stole two bases. It was just like nuts. It was just someone playing at another level the entire time. And I think they lost the game like seven to three. Like it wasn't close. Like Jimmy Lambert was like having a terrible day because he's like weeks away from like his elbow blowing out and his control was like abandoning him. And there was all these other factors going on of like, if your team is bad, it can't outweigh just having Superman in center field. But it was kind of crazy to watch this game where like this guy is just going off. But because of the way baseball is, it only matters so much, but uh, it's still like clearly the only thing anybody can watch while they're paying attention to the field. It, it, It was just a weird realization. Well, right. Like Barry Bonds at his peak wasn't winning World Series with the Giants. Right. You know, he got to one and that was it. And then, so it, it's absolutely true. And when we say guys are must watch, I mean, really the only must watch at, you know, that's like NBA because that's where the guy's going to have a ball in his hand. Right. You know, every other sport, like Patrick Kane's not must watch. We don't know. You, you know, he plays for like a minute at a time. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's just a little different. Um, yeah, Kane goes in. He does a little curly cue where he's like somehow holding onto the puck while skating to the zone, looking for someone open. No one, nothing ever happens, and he leaves, and then the game goes back to being bad. <laughs> right. I mean, I guess Mitch Trubisky's must watch in a different way. Yeah. Well, kind of like a train wreck pitching thing. It's like must watch. <laughs> it's like if we want to make this back, if we want to tie that to the White Sox, it'd be like Adam Dunn's 2011 season was must watch. That just got dark after a while, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Louis Robert, very excited, but it's like, you know, I'm also tied. I also tied this in with the column is that, and what you said at the beginning, the season's starting in a week, but like, it doesn't feel like the season's starting in a week because all we're, everything we're reporting is with context and the context is a sense of dread, whether it's, you know, Testing being late, which isn't, which is more of just, you know, office, you know, it's, it, that, that's more of an organizational problem. It's not like an existential problem, like the rest of every, like everything else, you know, the, the, the late test that that's something that can be fixed. Everything else can't be fixed. And I just don't know, are, are fans excited for the season to start James? Would you, you get a lot of the, the White Sox nation quote unquote, um, responding to your tweets. How do you feel? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a subset that's like really happy to hear about anything baseball related and maybe pretty sick of, uh, the logistics thing. I think they are probably hoping that the start of the season is a respite. And I think they're in for a surprise. Cause my feeling is that once these teams start traveling, that kind of ratchets up the difficulty level of this whole execution and process of keeping everybody safe than even what they've been dealing with right now. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I, and as reporters, I think we're all prepared to just like see the time, like some news scratch along the timeline of like, you know, 10 positive cases play shut down and that we'd react to it like, oh, all right, there's the next item of news and not like stunned. And you'll remember where you were standing when you saw this moment type of thing. Um, but yeah, it's funny you say that because I probably should have told an editor at some point, but <laughs> I've been working on this story about uh, 
the people who bought the uh, mascot cutouts or not the the fan cutouts for the for the crowd and it's all these people who are basically uh one guy uh, got his granddaughter because he's um he was going to take her to her first game but instead they just bought mm. a cutout another woman is like um she has like a 28 season streak and she lives in like uh, aurora colorado now but she has this 28 season streak of uh, going to games and she bought one because it was a way to like keep it going there's another one uh bought one for the their late father um so then they sold out those like cutouts in like two days and everyone like i remember when initially like scrolled across and uh, people were joking like i don't even spend uh, 50 dollars on tickets for the white Sox. why would you do this and then you know at the same time there's this underlying enthusiasm the whole fan base that like these were brought out immediately and now they're pondering about the logistics of doing it multiple other times this season so i, I would say that there's still a lot of people who are like want to see Osmani Grandal play, you know, eight months after he signed. Uh, I, I think the enthusiasm is still there. So you think I should, it was a good thing. I didn't burn one of those spots by getting like Sahadev looking confused and putting him behind home plate. I think you should. It's just, you got to act faster next time. If it's going to be 48 hours. I mean, I know the, I was deliberating the 108 guys barely got in. <laughs> I was it's definitely deliberating too much. Hey listeners, producer came here. Look, I probably don't need to tell you this, but just to be safe, I'm going to tell you smelling good is really important. And that's where Hawthorne comes in. Hawthorne offers an array of great smelling products designed just for you. Take a quick and easy two-minute quiz, and Hawthorne will lay out an accompaniment of great products, whether it be their two colognes, one for work and one for play, shampoos, deodorant, the whole enchilada. And guess what? Hawthorne is totally risk-free with free shipping and free return. So make sure you check out Hawthorne today at Hawthorne, with an E, H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E, dot C-O, not dot com hotthorn.co and use the promo code athletic to get 10% off your first purchase. That's hotthorn.co and use the promo code athletic to get 10% off your first purchase. That's hotthorn.co. Back to the show. James, what are the unanswered questions? You know, just baseball wise, not um, public health wise. Maybe not, we can get not your, existential we, ones. We, we can get your mom to talk about public health. Maybe your sister to talk about the existential stuff. Um, you're the baseball guy. What are the baseball questions? Uh, uh, well, I mean, part of something I not that I'm like angrily trying to just like uh, slander him in any way, but you know, when people talk about like the starter depth uh, of the of the organization or how they could have like moved around their their many arms to the bullpen and have all these hybrid roles and super roles you half the white Sox rotation you're not really sure if they're any good um like ronaldo lopez can throw really hard and has had days where he's like um dominated but he's also been a mediocre pitcher or worse uh two years in a row so he kind of has to reverse that and if anything this might be his last season to really do that dylan Cease has like all the stuff and talent in the world but like statistically was a bad pitcher last season so that has to turn around before you start counting him as like a rotation guy long term or uh, this big asset that's driving the team. Um, for the most part, Dallas Keuchel has not looked like he's rapidly aging in his uh, intra squad outings. For whatever that's worth, it's probably nothing. Perfect game um, yesterday, James. Yeah, so you got that going. Uh, Gio Gonzalez, I guess, is, is healthy, but he he is uh, he also see was being said as to be healthy in March and basically revealed once he got here, like, yeah, if they hadn't shut down 
right then not he his shoulder wouldn't have been ready for the season so there's like a lot of uncertainty in all this what they built to patch the rotation together beyond whether you even like uh where you fall on Luis robert being able to hit a carlos Rodon fastball uh, while falling down is a great sign or a troubling one so they're they're pitching i think the fact that their bullpen has uh is very it's not like a, it's it's very like yeoman veteran guys who get ground balls and not there's no josh haters uh in that group I, I think their pitching is very much unproven and could, I wouldn't say house of cards, but like if they don't compete this season, that's where I think it happens. It's, I don't think it's really necessarily a pretty confident Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez. It, I, I think this is a pitching. It was probably where things fall through if they do for this team. One thing, I mean, we can't, we can, but like, you know, theorizing on when Moncada's coming back. If Moncada doesn't come back, that's a pretty big hole at third base, you know, let alone in the lineup. Yeah, they didn't prepare for the like best player. Like when the, the third baseman was the best player on the team the previous year, you probably don't invest a ton in the backup. Like all apologies right. to Chester Cuthbert. Um, Moncada did post on Instagram that he'd be back soon. Uh, oh, okay. A couple days ago, but. And they've they've constantly talked like they expect him back soon, but I, at this point, with a was a week away or, or, or near that point, and the fact that he hasn't played yet, yeah, it would be like a nothing absence to get him ramped up and miss a week uh, in a normal season. But now that's you know what ten percent of the season if he if he misses a week or if he's slow for a week or if he rushes back and and you know has his four straight season of a hamstring tweak at some point which is what they were trying to avoid all offseason. That, yeah, that's significant now. Yeah, the infield defense was a little, a little sloppy yesterday in the intra-squad game. I saw I – didn't, I didn't mark down every uh, every questionable uh, play, but there's definitely a few off throws and bobbles and maybe a little – that was that was the big thing someone said about them, another scout said about them. I believe it was last year. Just yeah. that was the one thing they needed to improve was defense and – I don't know. We'll have to. I mean, we'll see it when it when they're actually the games actually count. But that's defense is a question too. You know, all along, what did you see during the spring training? Probably more the same uh, wrinkles. I, I think Tim had a, a couple errors early on in, in March that uh, didn't. I'm glad I didn't make uh, spend a ton of time noting since there would be a four month pause between that and. He's the guy that you really want to see like a big jump in, in proficiency and certainly has the ability to do that at some point. But um, we don't know. Um, Nick Madrigal was strangely shaky in spring, and that's not really supposed to be uh, what he is as advertised. He's supposed to be somebody who's sure-handedness and know-how is supposed to overrule of you know the fact that he's very tiny and doesn't throw very hard. Um, but and and Mancada, I you know, has athleticism for days, but was. Probably average to slightly below average last season, and you're hoping that ticks up as part of it. And Jose Abreu is always going to be Jose Abreu, and um, you know he's never going to be like fleet-footed or anything or uh, Mark Teixeira over there at first base. But yeah, it, it, it's not like some proven stud who's going to make everything good in the infield. So you, you're kind of hoping for a, a incremental improvement from a lot of younger guys. Well, didn't Eloy have a running catch the other day? <laughs> he did. See, there we go. It's looking on the bright um, side. I think uh, Luis Robert is mostly, basically supposed to literally go line to line. It was B. Because <laughs> they talk about it all the time. He's, he's Kelly Leak in Bad News Bears. Pretty much. <laughs> they just need to get him a... Motorcycle? Motorcycle. Take him to a ballet class. 
That's one of my favorite scenes in Bad News Bears when he goes up to like the 20 year old ballerina and he's like, I play for the Bears. Hitting like, he's like, I'm hitting 720. <laughs> I, I don't think he'd say no. <laughs> All right. You wrote about the Schomburg Sox this week. The White Sox have finally moved to the suburbs, you know, realizing uh, rumors from the 90s and 80s. Yeah, the dream is real. <laughs> the dream is real. They're now they're off the Elgin O'Hare Expressway, which goes neither to Elgin nor O'Hare. Um, have you ever been to that stadium, James? I have not. Um, looks like I might at some point. Well, they're not going to let us in, right? You're going to sneak they in? They said select like when they'll let us know when we can go. I used to. So, so, so when I first moved here in 03 and I was freelancing for the Daily Herald um, and the AP to start off and eventually MLB.com, I used to go to Schaumburg. Um, God, what was the name of that team? Flyers, the Schaumburg Flyers. I used to go there a decent amount. Powers did too because we both freelance for the Daily Herald. Powers actually had a really good story uh, when the Schaumburg Flyers had this, they had this deal with this website where fans could pick the lineup and it was supposed to be this way to engage fans. But I guess what happened is families and like opposing teams would pick the lineup and try to make like bad lineups. <laughs> like there was no, and the manager was so pissed about it. Yeah. I like, can't imagine so, it went wrong. The manager was like a really cool guy and he was so bad about it. <laughs> like it's such a bad idea. But I remember doing like a feature on this guy and like I would go to games. I will say, I remember they had really good food for the press. They've got like chilies or something. Oh. Um, yeah, it was fantastic. Um, it's a nice little park. Chilies. No, it's a nice stadium. A nice little like independent league stadium. It's about to get upgraded. Right. Yeah. It's like, a, it's a, what a, what a win for a team to, you know, I'm sorry. I wonder if all these like independent league teams were like bidding for this, you know, I'm sure the, the Gary Railcats would have loved it too. Um, but a <laughs> lot of these Railcats team- flew too close to the sun. <laughs> the guy told me the Railcats guy told me he had a lot of things planned there. A lot of a lot of wine and sip type events. Do those parties. do well in minor league ballparks? Because you know that's what stuff like places like uh, the Winston right. Salem Dash and all the White Sox affiliates are doing right now. Right? Yeah, they're all doing kind of the same stuff. I don't. They're trying, man. I don't know, but uh, I I wonder where where are they putting these guys up? Do they tell you that? Like, do they find um, like an apartment complex? I mean, like, do they have to just scrounge around in the suburbs? No, we haven't gotten a chance to talk to him about that yet. Just because Sahadev wrote, you, you and Sahadev both wrote about the the plans because they came out around the same time. And the Cubs are in South Bend and they have the advantage that the owner of the South Bend Cubs owns part of the Cubs and he owns these apartment buildings like right next to the right next to the ballpark, which, right. is, nice, which is a nice advantage. He was building those when I was working in South Bend as a as a assignment editor. And uh, he got in trouble for saying that he was trying to gentrify the area. Oh, that's right. I remember that. <laughs> it's like, buddy, you're supposed to say you said the quiet part out loud. Like gentrify is not a positive. <laughs> He's like, what? We're trying to gentrify. Get poor people out of here. It's like, what's the problem? <laughs> um, yeah. So I do you think any of the, the are the South Bend Cubs going to take the James Fegan reality tour like on Seinfeld? They could. They could go to Studebagels. Um <laughs> <laughs> the studebaker themed bagel shop in south Bay. that sounds perfect it's a great uh, egg sandwich yeah. uh, i'll let i'll let anyone know we'll, we'll, we'll uh we'll put let, that let, on an advisory let, let azalea know right i did uh when i when i looked at sham i was looking at the stadium on the map and i the first thing i did was google the uh i map quested the closest chipotle 
to the to the Schaumburg Stadium because I feel like that's like what minor league players are used yeah, to. Yeah, that, that'd be where to catch them. Right? It's like Luis a mile Robert got a bowl of Chipotle every every uh, game in Winston Salem, as far as intelligent sources told the whites uh, the athletic. That's an upgrade from Eloy's uh, Taco Bell every yeah. day. So you know he get he made a little more money, got a little more in his in his uh, his signing bonus. So that would make sense. He could afford Chipotle over Taco Bell. They um. A club he would get it for him because uh, when he tried to Google it on his phone, he wound up calling someplace out of state. So <laughs> <laughs> his cricket phone uh, service uh, that's roaming. Um, so Jake Berger, your guy, the Burger Boy. Originally, his photo was uh, gracing the top of this story before we found out he was not going to Schaumburg. And instead, there was talk they were going to find him something to do. We all assumed it was. Um, <laughs> you know the Schomburg uh, socks, but you know it, it seems like they leaned really heavily towards um, just veteran depth, whereas other teams were a bit sexier with prospects. Um, so there, there's the Alex Murray and Brady Lale reunion with the White Sox that I, the fans were craving um, wound up happening, rather than you know a bunch of first round picks and, and that Garrett Crochet was pretty much the only bone that was a. Uh, that was thrown to everybody as far as like fun, just like let's get prospects active instead of um, let's make sure we have a, you know, a mop up guy available uh, if we need it. So as a result of that, Jake Berger is uh, playing in the car shield collegiately in uh, I don't think I could say that five times fast uh, in O'Fallon, Missouri, which I don't know. I guess it's something if, you know, we, we did hear something uh, a lot about how there's supposed to be prospects who might get, free up to play independent league ball. And then that kind of got tamped down, but you know, this guy is going to get to go. So I don't know if it might produce, um, you know, we'd ask guests if that would produce other players, maybe playing independent league ball at some point later on, but he, he suggested it'd be a very, um, rigorous, uh, approval process, uh, that they would have to kind of show that it was going to be safe and they're going to be beneficial. And you know, apparently they would have to vet if the, what coaches they're working with. So they wouldn't be, um, you know, come back to White Sox camp next spring doing weird visualization exercises or something like that. <laughs> I And I wanted you to do, maybe, maybe we still will, do the whole tour. First, you stop, you go to Fallon, then maybe you stop at uh, Mark Burley's hometown and watch him play softball. I assume he's still playing softball. I, I picture Mark Burley playing softball like, uh, you ever see the movie The Scout? Yes. You've seen The Scout. I figured, I, I kind of see it like Brendan Fraser in Mexico. Uh, and that's like Mark Burley hitting like hitting bombs. I mean, he's not throwing a hundred, but he's still like, imagine these, these like guys try to hit Mark Burley and, like him just, or, is, or do you think he just like pitches with a beer in one hand and like the ball? The I other. think that they're getting him and they don't think he's that hot, but they just keep grounding out the second, like every single time, just like right. in the major leagues. They're like, right. oh, I, I almost like cranked that thing. I almost got a home run from Mark Burley, but uh, here funny. he is through six innings in an hour and a half again. It'd be funny. Yeah, it'd be funny to see him like quick pitching these guys <laughs> in their softball league. Someone they asked. Uh, someone asked Keiko like compared him to Mark Burley for like someone literally is basically you know it's basically like okay here's my angle Dallas you're Mark Burley <laughs> like you're the new version please talk about that uh, and and please it's like say all the you're times like that Burley. Crochet got asked about Chris Sale. Right. <laughs> hey, hey Garrett, could you just say I'm a lot like Chris Sale, please? Just say it. Just say it into this mic. Um, right. And it's the same with Keiko. And he was kind of just like, well, no, you're trying to say I don't throw hard. Uh, right. 
he's like, I'm not going to work that fast. God, Mark Burley was the best. We didn't appreciate him enough. Had 15 years to do it. I guess I guess you're right. Uh, he was great, man. I, I miss the old days, too, where, where Ozzy would make fun of him about stuff and say, like, his only exercise in the offseason was walking to the fridge. <laughs> There was there was definitely a, a transition from uh, the guy who threw the um, the the perfect game in 09 and the the guy who was uh, in the World Series in 05. He started started getting comfortable. Yeah, I would too, wouldn't you? <laughs> Probably a lot sooner. Well, so what do you as far as your plans? Your your I just got a return to play uh, email. We just got one from NBC Sports Chicago. Nothing nothing you don't already know. Um, all the big hurts pods and Ozzy are returning for their, uh, analysis, but, uh, your return to play, how are you going to handle, uh, the eating situation there? Because you've been very healthy. Are you, are you ready to pack lunches every day? I've been sort of packing lunches already, uh, in terms of just packing like, you know, healthy stuff, regular, like, cause yeah, I can make a, my little stupid protein shake, uh, with the bottled water we get and I can eat. Uh, protein bars while at work but they they talked about meals and obviously we're going to be there a bit longer so i probably need to plan a little bit more um um once the season starts but it, it's really sort of a black box as far as um how we order our food or, or what's available to us it'd probably take a while oh, right to they said out. leave you'll do right they said leave you'll do ten dollar meals i think for media right but we haven't really um, we haven't, they haven't really talked about us, like how we pick it up or what's, what's going to be offered. And I don't know if, um, <laughs> I don't know if fi- filing, uh, expensing the company for my meal every single day is really, uh, no, no, move in 2020, but uh, no, no, I don't, I think you have to pay for that yourself. It's <laughs> yeah. just like, just like it is now. That's a, that's a James Fegan expense, not an athletic expense. Yeah. So that, that'll probably push me towards doing my own thing as, as a result. They should have like a. We should get like a local restaurant to. Uh, they should let a local restaurant come in and cook, like they do at like minor league parks or something. Antique tacos just around the corner. I know. Get uh, Rico Benes. Not healthy. We might all die, but uh, yeah, it's, it's usually a big objection from uh, baseball reporters. They, it's like, where are the salads, please? That, that's yeah, exactly. totally what we say all the time. Harold's, maybe. Yeah. I've been pushing for a Harold's inside the park for years. I don't understand how they can't get that done. Maybe maybe for the World Series season. <laughs> it's going to happen this year. They can't have any fans. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on another episode of White Sox Business. Please leave us a like, comment, rating on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you're not already a member of The Athletic, you can save 40% off your first year by visiting theathletic.com forward slash Southside. All one word. Our business is done here.